Dear Lord, you've promised in this thy book, if any of us needs wisdom and lacks wisdom, we may come to you and you'll grant it. So we ask believingly, we claim triumphantly in Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Kuhn, I've uh, come to you with, uh, I have two problems and I wondered if you could help me. Uh, now, I have uh, two children, but I want to tell you about my daughter first. She's a, a lovely girl, so talented, and and uh, why I, I've spent so much money on her, giving her a marvelous education, and would you believe it? She has fallen in love with a young man that, that's not her equal at all. And why, he works in a gas station, would you believe that? And I'm determined, Pastor Kuhn, that she will not marry this man. Well, how can I, how can I uh, bring this about? Could you That's help me? That's a good question. I would be delighted to. We have found that there's seven special Bible secrets of communication by which we persuade people to our way of thinking. One of the first of these is choice. If she gains the impression that you're trying to make the choice for her, she'll rebel. But Pastor Kuhn, she, she just doesn't seem to have the, the good judgment, and I don't want to see her making a mess of her life, and I've got to do something. Uh, what, what can I do? First of all, you can, you can ask the Lord for wisdom, you see. This book says, if any of us like wisdom, let him ask of God. And the Bible is the manual from which we get this wisdom. And one of the first laws of persuasion it, it really, it's paradoxical. It doesn't seem possible. In order to get her to think your way, you have to let her choose her way, apparently. And as she sees that you're not determining to put a roadblock, she may listen. Then another one of the laws is faith. If she believes that you are doubting or belittling her judgment, she'll feel that she must marry him at, at all odds in order to prove that she's an individual, you see. so. What I would start doing, if I were you, I would, I would start a kind of a whole new pattern by which she will not feel that you're trying to force her not to marry this boy, uh, by which she will not feel that you're breaking the law of humility by belittling her judgment, you see. Uh, you mean I just let her go ahead and, and, and make plans to marry this man? Yes, yes. Uh, in other words, she's going to marry him anyway. And if you can pick up these seven secrets, you may possibly be able to keep her from this marriage all on her own, and she won't feel that you have, have forced her to break this engagement. Otherwise, every time you tell her that you can't marry this man, every time that you are adamant in your choice instead of hers, she will feel that in order to be an individual, she must make her own choices. She will feel that every time you belittle him, that you're actually belittling her judgment, and that's the law of humility that we're breaking, you see. So she'll feel that to be an individual, she must go ahead and marry that boy anyway. We found this happening again and again. Every, and then the law of love. You mentioned that you spent thousands, did you say, on her? Oh, yes. <laughs> we received a letter some time ago from, uh, in fact, we're receiving many letters like this, from people in, in high social positions. And uh, they are, uh, they're telling their boys and girls how much money they've spent on them, and therefore, the boy or girl should listen to their decision. That's right. Now, the result is, your daughter is liable to say to herself, Oh, now mother is trying to bribe me. She, I didn't choose to be brought into the world. Uh, 
I didn't tell mother that she had to spend this money on my on my education. Hmm. Now, mother now is engaging in self-love instead of loving me. And mother's never told me she's interested in my future. Mother's never told me that it's my choice. Mother's never told me she has confidence in me. So I must make a decision to show that I'm an individual. So now, if you can change completely and, and begin something like this. Daughter, do you know I believe in you? And you may not, you don't have to pour it on, you know, lavishly and, and, and change so completely overnight that she will wonder what's happened. You'll just start dropping little seeds of faith. Honey, you know, I believe in you. And then tell her something that she's doing that indicates good judgment. And now you may want to call her one side and say, uh, honey, I don't want to make any decision for you regarding this young man. The moment you say that, she'll feel then that you have, you have confidence in her uh, privilege of making her choices. When you say, I believe that you have a lot of good judgment, then it will, it will tie her to you in uh, thinking, well, mother does have confidence in me. I don't have to marry him to prove I'm an individual. In other words, every time that we make a choice for her, every time we demand that she not marry him, every time we belittle her judgment, we're forcing her into marrying. We found time and time, scores, hundreds of people are marrying who never would marry if their parents didn't say, you can't marry. Oh, in other words, I'm to let her up for air then and uh, let her make up her own mind. The Holy Spirit has, has indicated that to you because I can see you have naturally good judgment, Mrs. George, oh, and you. the Lord will, the Lord's going to bless you as you, as you start this new program. By the way, we have a book on this that I hadn't thought of till this moment. It's entitled, Please Pray, and it covers the seven secrets of family communication. And we are recommending that people study it just like they would study a university course. It spells each one out under different situations. And uh, one of the chapters, two chapters in fact, and I never thought of it till this moment, two of these chapters deal with a, 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 a doctor who determined that his daughter was not going to marry a man uh, who was not worthy. You'll greatly be benefited and it'll bless your heart. And uh, did you say you had another question? Oh, oh yes. Uh, I have a son and uh, his wife, I'm telling you, um, uh, they, she just will not listen to things that I have to say to her. And uh, I've, I've tried to uh, be a benefit to them. I, uh, they, uh, I help them uh, financially, and, uh, but you should see the way she keeps that house and the children. Oh, um, and uh, why uh, they, they just, uh, she just doesn't pay any attention to anything I say. And, and I just, uh, I, why, now for example, uh, they needed to buy another car. And I like to go for rides with them once in a while. But you know what they did? They bought one of those uh, red sports cars with the top down. And of course, me, uh, my hair just blows all over and I'm not the least bit comfortable in it. But they just didn't seem to mind at all. And another thing, they needed tires. And I told them, well, I could get them for them much cheaper and get a, a good grade of tires. And you know what my son said to me? Mother, we would prefer to buy our own tires and even if we pay more for them. Now, I don't think that's a bit showing a bit good common sense. Do you, Pastor? 
That certainly doesn't sound like very good judgment, does it? And, and I, I bought, uh, my son just loves the casserole that I fixed. And I just brought it over one day and I said, now here, children, here is a, a, a dish for your dinner. And they were sitting down eating the dinner. And you know what? They just set it up on the shelf and didn't pay one bit of attention. I think they owe me more respect than that. Don't, uh, what do you think, Pastor? Well, it's something to give consideration to, isn't it? I'll tell you what I think. Here's a wonderful book. It's called the Bible, the Holy Bible. And it contains what my wife and I have learned 45 laws applicable to marriage and marriage communication. Uh, one of the first of these laws, oh, by the way, before we go into these secrets or these laws of marriage and our relationship to the marriage, the Bible tells us in uh, Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3, that we should meditate on these laws day and night, the laws of every, any area in which we are, uh, in which we find that there's a problem. And it says, if we will meditate day and night on these laws, whatever we do will prosper. Now, you'd want to study the laws of communication between yourself and your married uh, son and his wife. Uh, one of the first laws of marriage is the law of separation. It's found in Ephesians chapter 5. And you read verses 30 and 31. It says, a young man shall leave his father and mother. That, but, that's a law of separation. But, but pastor, uh, they should have uh, honor their, their father and mother, don't you say? That is right. The Bible but, says to honor our father and mother. But the first law of, of marriage is a young man shall leave his father and mother. The second is he shall be joined to his wife and they too shall be one flesh. I have found that it's, it's very difficult for us who are parents to realize that our children have grown up. Uh, I, I, I heard one mother say to her, to her married son as he was remonstrating because she was, she was, you know, she took a sincere interest in the welfare, but she went a little too far. And I heard the son say, but mother, the Bible says that my wife and I are to be one. And I heard her say to him, but I had you before she did. And therefore, I have the first right. But it sounds reasonable. And after all, he, he is your son. And there are emotional bonds, you see, that tie. But the Bible but, says... But, but Pastor, uh, they, they just wouldn't be able to get along if, if I didn't help them out and, and give them advice. They, they just, uh, my, especially my daughter-in-law, just doesn't seem to have good, good judgment. Uh, why she just uh, seems to spend money like water. And you know what they uh, did with the, my little grandson? Uh, you know, uh, I like to see him with his hair all just trimmed up real nice and, and short, not this long, uh, old sort of a bobbed effect. Um, and uh, so I went and had his hair cut. And you know, they didn't like it at all. They were, uh, they just, uh, my daughter-in-law just wouldn't speak to me for a while. And uh, why he looks so much cuter uh, with his hair fixed the way I wanted it. But uh, they, it, it just didn't seem to go over too well. Uh, well, you know, I, I sort of have the same taste that you have. I like the hair the, much the way that, right. that you have indicated. But there's a law of marriage. The first law is a young man shall leave his father and mother. That is, he must separate from her 
in being able to form his own decisions, even though they're not as good as the mother's. Then the second is they too shall be one flesh. Uh, I know you're very sincere, Mrs. George, but what I'm afraid that's happened is this. I'm afraid you've misunderstood the text that says they two shall be one flesh, and I'm afraid you put it in they three shall be one flesh. The Bible says they two shall be one flesh. And uh, so as he marries, he's to leave you in a sense, but still respect you. Then as he marries his wife, the two should be one flesh, not three, not four, not five. They should make their own decisions, even though these decisions are inferior to our judgment, you see. Now, <clears throat> it might be that the reason why when you brought that casserole to them, you know, and there they're eating their dinner, could it be that he felt that maybe you had ignored the law of choice? One of the seven special secrets of communication is choice. And if they feel that you are sort of deciding that they should eat this casserole, uh, casserole uh, roast, was it? Yes. At this particular meal, they'd already prepared their meal, you see. They could feel a little resistance. He could feel, well, my mother, she doesn't realize I've grown up. She's still trying to make decisions for me. And then, you see, when you went down and had that boy's haircut, I agree with you that I like it much better. But it, after all, it isn't a question of my taste or even your taste. He shall leave father and mother. He shall be joined to his wife. They too shall be one flesh. And they could well feel, you see, that there's a little imposing there on the law of choice. And uh, this could build up a little resistance, you see. And then they could feel that, well, here, we, we want to buy what we want to buy. We, we want to get ourselves this little sport car. Did they pay an exorbitant sum? No, no, they, 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 they did get a good bargain, uh, Pastor Kuhn. Uh, I'll admit that. <coughs> but uh, uh, well, having... they, weren't, they weren't thinking of me too much, you know, uh, when they uh, got this car. Yes, yes. They too shall be one flesh. It's a very painful experience for a young man to be reared in his home. He's a mother's son. He's, he's her darling son. And then all at once to be separated and to unite his life completely with another individual. But the Bible says this is a great mystery. That's found in Ephesians 5. It's a great mystery that a young man should suddenly give his whole life over to a young lady, and now a new home is being built. And now the Bible says that we should acknowledge this law of separation. And this new law of union, the two, the two shall be one, not three, you see, not three. So, according to God's word, Mrs. George, uh, do, do you really think I, I've interfered with them? Uh, let me say this. If you have, there are thousands of others, but your intentions were very good. Let me give you a couple of illustrations. We were thousands of miles from here conducting a series of meetings, and a young man came to see us. He said, I have a problem in my marriage. He said, now, I am married. He said, and my wife is a fairly good-looking lady, but he said, her IQ isn't nearly up to mine. And he said, because of her inferior IQ, my mother and I are in business together. And he said, and, and, and I just pity my wife because she is so inferior. And so my mother and I, we just, 
we just make it up. We're, we're just doing business beautifully. And he said, and I wonder what I should do. Well, I said, the Bible says that you should leave your mother and your father and be joined to your wife, and you too should be one flesh. But he said, what about her inferior judgment? Well, I said, why don't we pray about it? Uh, maybe your wife would come to see me. A few hours later, his wife came in. And I said, I talked with her, and I could see nothing inferior in her. And before she was through, I found that she'd also had an IQ test. And she was only a fraction of 1% below him in her IQ. And these who conduct these tests uh, acknowledge that they could make a mistake as much as 2 or 3 or 4%. So she was perhaps even above him in IQ. And there he was, belittling the wife that he'd married through his dear mother's uh, sincerity, but misguided judgment. The two had gone into business. They never consulted her. And you know what I, I, I recommended to the mother? I recommended that she follow this law. He shall leave you, mother. And he and his wife will be one flesh. Since the, 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 the young wife now feels left out, it will be much better for you to separate from your mother in the business. Could you have engaged in it with your wife so the two of you could have been one flesh and she could have been merely advisory? That would have been all right. But now your wife is left out. You and your mother are one flesh. And uh, his wife came back again. And she showed me a, a little uh, cartoon. And he had, he had indicated to her how much more he knew than she that he was presenting to her the facts. His judgment was better. And when she brought me the cartoon, it said, one person was looking at the other and said, it takes more than facts to convince me. <laughs> she meant by that, it's not enough for a person to have superior judgment. There still is to be a union of the young couple. I remember another, you might be interested in this experience. A young uh, <clears throat> couple were married, and they were much like, uh, like your son and his wife. They didn't have good judgment in the way they handled the financial affairs. His mother uh, had a large amount of money in the home. In fact, the major portion was her investment. And uh, this young couple was using poor judgment, just like your son and his wife. And the mother-in-law came <clears throat> and she said, Pastor Kuhn, do you think it's right to take food that belongs to children and give it to the cats? She said, I said, well, no, the Bible says it isn't meet to take children's bread and give it to dogs. I didn't tell her that, but I thought of it, so I knew the, the principle was the same. I said, no, it isn't good judgment. A poor family to have a lot of cats, that's not good judgment. She said, I told my daughter-in-law that it wasn't good judgment. And I told her she shouldn't do it. And I said, well, but sister, you're the last person in the world to tell her. Because the Bible says he should leave father and mother, be joined his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. And his mother-in-law said, but I have an interest in the home. The major investment in the home is mine. Don't I have a right? I said, the Bible says they too shall be one flesh. And you know what she said to me? Pastor, you don't seem to understand. Why do you tell me that, that I have no right to be in this picture? You, you keep telling me that, that I'm putting three in and there should be only two. And I said, but my sister... I, I'm not the one who said that. I wasn't even consulted when it was written. The Lord said, they too shall be one flesh. He is the maker of the home, and he is the one that lays down the directions. 
And you know what happened? A few days later after this little lady went home, her daughter-in-law came to see me and she said, Pastor, I'm ill. She was a very meek lady. I'm very ill. She said, I have a, a something wrong in my neck, kind of a pain in my neck. And Mrs. George, in those days, I was very courageous and not too diplomatic. And when she mentioned pain in the neck, I thought of the expression, oh, I said, yes. I said, uh, she was over to see me. And the poor daughter-in-law caught the point. She knew that her mother-in-law had been over trying to rule me to rule them. And I said, you know, you must be one flesh, you and your husband. No matter how you respect your mother-in-law, you must not let her rule the home, even though she has better judgment than yours. She must give you the privilege of making inferior judgment. That's the way character is built, by making mistakes, learning our lessons, and getting up and going on. And you know what, Mrs. George, a few days later, the son of this lady came to see me. And this woman had made so many mistakes, sincerely, that she'd so upset this couple that the young man had a most terrible headache. When he came to see me, he didn't say a thing about his mother. He didn't say she had made some wrong judgments regarding them and interfering. He said, Pastor, I have an awful ache in my head. He said, it seems from my eyebrows out, up, it seems like my head is empty. And you know, being young and courageous and undiplomatic, I agreed. I figured, well, any young man that doesn't know that he and his wife should be one flesh and he has, he has a responsibility not to let his dear mother, who is emotional, who really loves him, he has the responsibility not to let her rule the home. And I said, you don't have that responsibility. He went back and he felt better that he did have the responsibility to keep her from ruling, though her judgment was better, you see. Well, a few days later, I got a telephone call from the, from the mother-in-law. She said, Pastor, I'm very sick. Will you pray for me? And you know, again, I was very undiplomatic. And I said, Sister, I'll pray. She said, I'm, I'm, I'm almost sick unto death. Nobody's here. Will you pray for me? And in my undiplomacy, which was almost cruel, I said, Sister, I'll pray for your healing under only one condition, and that is if God heals you, that you'll get right out of the home and no longer try to make three one flesh when God has said two. And she said, All right, Pastor. And, you know, I was kind of sarcastic in those days, and I said to myself, I know why she's going to move out. She knows if she passes away, they'll move her out. I, I was cruel in my thinking, but biblical. She said, I'll move out if the Lord will heal me. And I prayed that the Lord would heal her. And Mrs. George, the Lord was so eager for that home to be one flesh, the two, not three, that God healed her right on the spot. She moved out, and her daughter-in-law came back to see me a few days later. And she said, Pastor, uh, I feel better. The pain in the neck is gone. And again, this poor undiplomatic coon said, I told the pain in the neck to go. You see how cruel I was? Because the mother meant the very best. She was very sincere. But she'd made the mistake. And, and the young man came back and he said, Pastor, my head seems to have cleared up. And I said, I'm so glad it has because I, I, I told your mother to clear out. See, I was very undiplomatic, but it was still biblical. The two, not three, shall be one flesh. And so... Do you, Pastor, do you really think that I have interfered and and stepped in where I had no business? Not intentionally, Mrs. George, not intentionally. The thing is, it's hard for us to realize that our children grow up. 
Well, I want my son to be happy and, and uh, his family to be happy too. But Indeed you do, and God bless you for that interest. And there is where our great paradox enters, to be deeply interested in their future, and yet not to project myself into this little unit is a real art. And only the Lord can help us to uh, perform in the right capacity. Uh, you know, many, many mothers-in-law and fathers-in-law have come to see me, and I, I tell them this little experience about myself. When my daughter was thinking of marriage, I called her to one side, and I said, Juanita, when you're married, I just want to share a little information. According to the Word of God, I will not, by the Lord's grace, ever project my counsel into your marriage unless you and your husband come and seek this counsel, and then when you seek this counsel, it will have to be Bible counsel and not based on my own emotion. Years later, after they were married, our daughter told me, she said, Daddy, you observed that principle so thoroughly that for a while I almost wondered whether you, uh, whether you even loved me or not. Uh, and you know, I was happy because my son-in-law came to me years later and he said, Daddy, you have been a perfect father-in-law. Not that I feel that I was, but I can see how completely it set them at ease. Pastor, uh, would you pray for me that I would have the strength and the courage and the common sense to keep my nose out of my children's business and let them live their own lives and, and make their own uh, decisions? Yes, Mrs. George, and let me say this, that of all the people who've ever come to us for counsel in this area of living, none have been more sincere and more responsive in the right way than you have. It will be a joy for us to pray together. And uh, Mrs. George, I have this little book, please pray, that I want to give you. Oh, thank and you. we're going to present to the Lord his own promise to answer your prayer in the way that you have requested. Our Father in heaven, in thy holy word thou hast said, it is God that worketh in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Mrs. George has set her will completely on the side of obedience to the laws of marriage as it relates to the in-laws. And now, since you have given her this will, you will give her the power to perform that through her, beautiful example, many others may be led to the Lord Jesus Christ, and the little family will be happy and joyful in thee. Thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.